Hello, world. It is time to get amongst it with Golf Subpar, Colt Nost, and Drew Stoltz. Sleazy man, how we living? Good to be back with you, my brother, after the long weekend. And uh, got to watch a little golf this week. And shout out to our boy Victor Hovland picking up that second dub, breaking the Puerto Rico curse. Finally, somebody that's won down there gets another win. And uh, big week for him down in Mayacoba. Yeah, in Mayacoba, a place that's very special uh-huh. to your heart, very near and dear. Tell us a little bit about you and Mayakoba. I was watching that. I was watching the coverage this week. Like, like a bitter ex-boyfriend was like, God, that, they're, they're doing it without me. They're having this. They're still having this tournament without the me. One so. and only PGA <laughs> Tour event for the sleazy man Drew Stoltz. This is why I am former tour professional on our Sirius XM <laughs> radio show. So the, let's go back. I'll tell you the funny story about that one. We'll go back to the year. The year is 2011. Okay, you were there. You were in the building. I go down there. I'm on the Jicky circuit. Go down to Monday qualify. End up getting in through the Monday. Play well on the Monday. Going in. Stoked, excited, go out. You and I actually play the practice round together. I show up, just ran. I don't even know what the deal is. I'm like, I guess I'll just show up with my clubs and see if they'll let me tee off. Show up, meet up with you and our boy Andres Gonzalez, half man, half amazing. Shout out to Andres. We go out, play a practice round, have a great time. I'm going to the range. I mean, I'm spending way too much time on property because it's my first event. God knows if I'll ever get back. I'm going to soak it all up, right? Sitting out there, hitting balls, doing all the stuff. And one of the club, you know, the club reps are all hanging around. And uh, one of them, who's a fairly good friend of mine at the time, a bunch of my friends played their clubs, comes up to me. He's like, oh, what are you playing? I'm like, oh, this is what I got here. He's like, well, you know, we got some pretty good stuff, too. And I'm like, yeah, free stuff. Tell me more about it. So anyways, long story short, he's like, look, we're really making a push to lead the wood count in every tournament that they go to. So driver, three wood, hybrid. And uh, they were paying at the time if you were willing to put those in. So he's like, look, man, if you put our driver, three wood, Hybrid in the bag this week, I'll give you five grand. And I was like, fine. It would add me at side. two, brother. Yeah. <laughs> deal is a deal. It's inked. So I was like, five grand? Uh, of course. I mean, that's a third place finish on the Jickies right there. You know, at the time, I was like, five grand? Great. Plus, that week was going to cost me a fortune being down there. I was like, yeah, five grand? Cool. Whatever. I dump all my stuff. See, this like is where a complete you got to slow idiot. down a little bit and realize that you're on the PGA Tour. And if you just make it to the weekend, you're going to make a lot more than that. See, that's forward thinking. I was taking you money in pocket right now. The great Warren Buffett. You can never go broke taking a profit. So I was like, profit? Here we go. Being the absolute idiot that I am, I take the money. I throw their clubs in. I played nine holes of one practice round the next day with the, with the set of three that I was going to be playing. And didn't hit it great, but I went back to the range and started kind of hitting the stress. Ah, oh, it'll be fine, dude. I'll For five grand, you can learn how to hit it. Slap either. it down the fairway. Yeah, and by the way, it's only the narrowest golf course on, yeah, on tour. Exactly all you have to do point, is hit yeah. the fairway, and I hit every fairway in the Monday. But, of course, I go change all my stuff. So get to Thursday. We get up there, start playing. This is when 10 was a par three. I started on the par three, hit a great shot in there, make par. And then I got to go to some driver holes. And I tell you, Colt, after about six holes and two drops in the first six holes later, I'm just grabbing my driver, measuring two, dropping. I'm, I'm thinking about I'm like, this, this is broken. This is the <laughs> shittiest club I've ever played, A. And B, I am the dumbest human being. I was like, what am I doing? Dude, I got the jitters with the driver. From that point forward, I had no idea if it was going left. I'd set up and try to – I was like, all right, I'm just going to slice this one, tee it down low, and hit a slide. I hit like a pull hook directly into the shit, have to drop again. And, dude, it took an act of God and a Seve Ballesteros-esque short game for two days for me to even come out below 160. Let me, let me tell I you one thing. I shot a grizz down there, dude. You realize that once they do the official count. I could have put it all in the so next Friday, day. So Friday, you could have went back to all your old Yeah, stuff. they did the survey, and I actually got a text or, excuse me, an email from the company that I was with at the mm-hmm. time. I wasn't getting paid, but I got all the free stuff. And they're like, uh, excuse me? And I was like, oh, my God. They're actually paying you attention this to this. I was like, guys, <laughs> guys, five grand is five grand, buddy. You know, deal, we'll deal with it when I get back. But anyways, I played it for the two days. I drove it without question. They didn't have strokes gained driving at the time. I would have been dead last. Dropped all over the place. Incredible irons and up and downs to shoot. What I, I've shot horrible. I only beat a few guys in the field. 
And uh, then I took that five grand and spent almost all of it, I think, the next two nights in Playa del Carmen, where it's easy to do. Had some of the fellas that also emceed over there, and we had ourselves a couple two it's days. It's not a bad place to miss the cut. It's not the worst place of all time to miss. So uh, official earnings on tour for the sleeves, zero. Unofficial earnings, $5,000. All right. That's there it. That was my Way to get amongst never, it. Never went back, never qualified again. I said, that was it. That's a hell of a run. Well, if you're listening, kids, don't take five grand and switch your equipment if you're in a PGA Tour event. It's not as much money as it sounds like. All Trust right. me. Well, before we get to our very special guest this week, we're <laughs> going to open up the mailbag. I know we put a little question out there on Twitter. Producer Mark, what do we got this week? First up, Paul Fasick on Twitter. Who sees the winner's circle again first? Ricky or Jordan Spieth? Wow, you know, we actually yeah. had this show, this question on our SiriusXM show today, and we both went different ways. I'm going to go Jordan Spieth solely based on the fact or on the rumor that he's working with Butch Harmon. If he's working with Butch Harmon, getting this swing straightened out over this Christmas break, I think the way he putts, he sees the winner's circle before Ricky Fowler. Do we have that confirmed, by the way, that he is, in fact, with Butch? That's the big buzz going around, but do we know that for sure? Blink, blink if it's yes. Okay. okay. All, right, all right. We can't confirm or deny it. All right. So yeah, you went with Jordan Spieth. I'm going to go other side. I'm going to go Ricky Fowler for this reason. Uh, take this, take this past week. For example, on day one, Ricky went out and made eight birdies. He also made a quad and a double. I mean, he's the offense is happening. We're seeing Ricky Fowler in spurts play really, really good golf. And it seems like just like in talking with Joe Scover and his caddy, it's like, did we have one or two real bad shots or, you know, throughout a, a round and it just completely derails all the positive momentum. And then we're back to square one and we're, we're fighting to, play the weekend or things like that. So I think Ricky is closer from the fact that I'm seeing stretches of golf that look like the old Ricky Fowler and look really good. I'm just seeing the one or two weird ones per round, per tournament, whatever you want to call it, that, that are sending him back. So I think hopefully this time off with him, which will be shorter, obviously, uh, gets him back in play. But I think uh, I would go with Ricky Fowler. All right, here's the deal. I want them both to win. Yeah. They're both so good for the game of golf that we both need them back in the winner's circle. But thanks for the question. Paul. And both the best putters in the world. So as soon as they start hitting it decent, they're going to be looking good. All right, Jason Mackey wants to know the best snack to complement a transfusion. Oh, God. Oh, All so right. many options. Jeez, well, I'll take snacks. Right. How much time we got? <laughs> Did someone say snacks? Oh. Uh, I'll take this being that uh, I like to fancy myself as a bit of a transfusion connoisseur. The beautiful thing about transfusion, you don't need food. No. It's, it's, a, it's a meal in itself. It's got grape juice in it, so you're basically eating fruit while you're drinking it, getting healthy, and you're having a good time. However, the only thing that I ever eat with it are the Uncrustables that we have at our golf course, which are basically go with anything. So, but I try not to absorb too much of the alcohol. I let the alcohol, I like, yeah. to, I like to let you it sit. You got the grape in there, so I go the Strawberry Uncrustable. Smart. Strawberry it's and grape pairs well together. It's very Absolutely. delicious. But you can't go wrong. I mean, snacks are snacks. Snack is a snack is yeah. a snack. Last question for you guys. Everyone thinks that they are boxers nowadays, it appears. So Big Sieves wants to know, Ryder Cup style fight, who's winning? Europe or the USA? Oh, man. Oh, boy. I hate oh, to say boy. this because I think it's an easy, easy answer. I think Europe just absolutely dominates them. But we have had the emergence of Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau now that I'm thinking about a little on our show. I was about to say, Bryson's there's a couple big anybody. boys I don't know, the, on the U.S. Me, squad. Who are you putting Europeans, up against Bryson on Europe? I'll take Henrik Stinson. He's a big boy. You think he's mean enough? It's I think really he's, funny. I think he can get meaner than Bryson. Okay, that's fair. Bryson will be the most well-researched. He'll have all the angles down like, leading into it. Who's going just, against let's Brooks Let's just say Lee Ron? Westwood's still in there. Lee Westwood's like freaking rugby player. He scares the shit out of me. I feel like those European guys spend a, little, a lot of time in the bars growing up and know how to handle themselves in a First, fight. Like, like, let's just have Thomas Bjorn as a – I mean, he, can we bring the captains and vice captains into it? That guy is a mass – the Great Dane. 
How about let's go President's Cup, and then you got Ernie Els in the mix who, who just likes to throw that down. That wasn't part of the question. Steve. I'm just I'm just thinking outside the box here. You know, we could add a little President's we Cup. We got to focus to the European. All right, so who do you got against uh, Kepka? Another Lee big, Westwood. Little, oh, Lee Westwood. You got to go Brooks on that just from the age perspective. Ooh, Lee Don't Westwood's you? It's tough. I don't know. What if they have a couple cocktails before they get all crazy and fearless? Now we're talking. Now we're talking a pay-per-view event. We yeah. could probably get that brokered. I mean, Ian Poulter's probably crazy. He'll probably bite your ankle or something. Yeah, he's he's got to be a feisty one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got a lot of energy out there. But, I, mean, I, feel like. I just feel like Luke Donald's not in the team anymore. I feel like he would have been the one guaranteed dub you could probably pick off. Yeah, I mean our team's really really good. Dustin, I don't think much of a fighter. He's a big dude, but he's I've seen I've seen some incidents in the past. Not not much of a fighter. Really, I would have expected him to get in the ring. A lot of length. I, mean, I, I think we're going to need, think we're gonna need Gary Woodland on the USA side to help. Justin out a little Thomas bit. is going to be tough to match up with somebody. Not a lot of weight there. Him and Francesco, or Tommy Fleetwood can go at it. Uh, Tommy's a little got some serious size on him. That's a good that's a good question, and also would be very much worth up some pay per view. Like dollars. Patrick Reed might kill someone. I don't know. He's crazy. Oh, he would definitely have so, like brass knuckles. I think it'd under be a very 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 good even match. I think it's worth watching. I think we, booze it, are involved. I'm going Europe. New rule: if you tie at the end of the Ryder Cup, it doesn't go to the person that had the cup already. We go to a street brawl. See, last man standing. All right, I'm in. Hello, when we're captains, we'll do that. Well. That's a great point, actually. But thanks for all the questions. Keep them coming. They're a lot of fun to answer. And I'll tell you one man who will probably be on that team sooner than later that I don't know how much of a fighter he is, but I know he's a hell of a golfer, and that's our guest this week, Matthew Wolf. Yeah, man, he is blowing up. It is crazy to see what that class of uh, players with Wolf, Morikawa, and Hovland all coming out at the same time, how quickly they've ascended. They're all three let's, in the top 15 say, in the world go, rankings Let's say right that now. real quick, okay? Yeah, 2019, May of 2019, they were all three attending college classes. At least they were enrolled. I'm not sure if they were attending, yeah, but they were there. Loosely. Now, yeah. okay, we're December 2020. Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and our guest Matthew Wolf are all top 15 in the official World Golf Rankings. And we all knew these guys were going to be good coming out. Like, there was a lot of hype around them. But if you take a bet, if Vegas had trotted something out, by December 2020, all three will be in the top 15. I mean, it would have been an astronomical yeah. number. The, the the How fast they've ascended in the World Golf Rankings is is a joke. And I feel like every few months, the the hierarchy kind of juggles. You know, it's like, oh, I like Morikawa the most. He just won the PGA. Oh, but Wolf just finished top five and back-to-back. Oh, now Hovland won. It's like they keep trying to one-up each other. And we actually got a chance to ask uh, Matthew Wolf about that exact thing in the interview. Yeah, and it, it was really cool to sit down with him. We got to play golf the morning of out at Grove 23. And the first thing you and I both noticed was the sound of his iron shots on the driving range. I was like, holy shit, I might be hung over, but this this sounds incredible right now. Yeah, I looked up after a couple of my wedge chunks and heard that driver come out. I was like, uh, okay, yeah. this one's different. But, you know, he's a guy that came out, he was known for his different-looking golf swing, and now he's known for how freaking good he's playing. I mean, here his first two majors ever, he finishes fourth and second, uh, makes a name for himself, had a great chance to win the U.S. Open until Bryson DeChambeau kind of ran away. But this kid's got all the tools, man. It was impressive. I, I had known Matthew, but I'd never, like, spent a lot of time with him. And playing the day with him out there, we had an absolute blast. The kid's got so much talent, and he plays – He, I mean, he is the modern game now. He just absolutely ships it down there. It might not go as straight as a lot of guys, but he normally finds it, and he does some good things with it. Yeah, and when it is clicking, and we saw some of those drives, I'm like, oh, that's what it looks like every time when he's playing well. I mean, he's going to be a force to be reckoned because he puts it good, too. He does a lot of things good, and he's only going to get better and better. I mean, two major starts under his belt, two top fives already. I mean, it ain't taking a whole lot for him to get adjusted. And I love the fact that he's got the weird-looking golf swing, and it's not technically perfect because I think for a long time there, guys were just trying to build swings, and, and everybody looked cookie-cutter, and you kind of lost these guys like a Matthew Wolf who has something special, but if a teacher would have got his hands on him at age 12, like, nah, dude, this is really Here's, weird. We need to change it, this. You would have never heard from the guy. In my opinion, I mean, it looks it looks weird going back, but from the top of the backswing to impact, it is pretty much technically perfect, in my opinion. And, you know, I know Brandel Chambly talks about this all the time. 
with, you know, Phil Mickelson, Laura Davies, all these people that had VJ Singh, all that have crazy long careers with the left heel, Bubba Watson, a lot of, a lot of hip rotation. This is what Matthew has. And I mean, I think this guy is just going to be a force to be reckoned with for an extremely long time. I don't think this is a short career. I think it's a very, very long career for Matthew. Yeah, I think there's just too much talent there. He's won on every single level that he's ever been on, and he's already doing it right now on the PGA Tour. I think this guy's here to stay, and I think that, you know, we talked about some of the drives don't go exactly where you're looking. I think that just tightens and tightens and tightens over time as he plays more and gets more maturity. But he's already he's already out there and, and yeah. doing it at the highest level. He's already top 15 in the world. Damn. Yep, and he's got a great personality. He's a lot of fun to be around. But don't take our word with it. You be the judge. Here's Matthew Wolf on Golf Subpar. All right, we are in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida at the Old Palm Golf Club. Very excited to be with our next guest. He has finished top five in his last two major championships. He is the 2019 3M champion, one of the big up-and-comers in the game of golf. Matthew Wolf, what's going on, my man? What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Good Dude, to be with you. Us. By the way, we just got off the golf course. Uh, how do we do? We rolled them. Yeah, yeah rolled them. why don't you walk through that round yeah. just a little? Say we. We use we. Casually. It's a team, bud. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve Kerr gets a ring just like MJ did. All right. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. All right. You know, a well, wins I mean, a win, right? Yeah, it's I mean, be- and the game was best to next. So I mean, I had to help out with the highball. You had to, highball you had to, you had to carry that highball a few times. Well, Sorry. I mean, was, I mean, you started off strong. You made that pot in the first hole. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. See, Big pot. Now that I got that tweet out of the way. Yes. Got that pesky tweet on on twelve. But listen. Now that I don't play for a living anymore, it's all about hyping your partner up. You know, being there, giving him confidence. That is you true. Know, these guys, they got a lot of big golf tournaments coming up. You got to get them ready. It ain't you, about me anymore. I almost, I almost feel like the reason why you and Ricky didn't play so well is because you kind of, you, you might have honestly like out, like outshined him a little bit. You know? Yeah. See, Elaborate on that because yeah. that, that tends to happen with yeah. my partner. Cole, Cole you're, is great. Yeah, yeah. you're a bad teammate. Yeah. They're getting ready for the Masters, trying to get him some confidence. You're going out there trying to beat your own partner. Yeah, yeah. I want the ball at all times. <laughs> Tough. There's not a lot to go around. I'm not a big distributor. <laughs> <laughs> After that 18, though, today, got to think, watching us two slappies slap it around for 18 holes, pretty good way to prep for uh, some upcoming pretty big tournaments. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. You know, seeing the shots that you guys hit just, mm-hmm. you know, gives me a lot more confidence in that. You know, I thought, I mean, I'm playing a lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> you, can, you can see why we both quit, right? <laughs> Holy shit, I am really good. <laughs> Sometimes I forget how good I am until you get around guys like us. That's yeah. what we're uh, here for. So if made, it works you, out, you, we'll come you, back in. You made a couple good putts, though. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, you're better than I thought. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look terrible, so you're better than I thought. Yeah, I show up on the range like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's let's go back to some – I mean, you're obviously very, very young, but let's go back to some of the earlier days. You've got one of the most well-known golf instructors in the world in George Gankus. Take us through the first time you met him at 13 years old, I believe. Yeah, I was 13. I was uh, – he uh, coaches at Westlake Golf Course, and I went to high school in, at uh, Westlake High School. So um, I really didn't meet him until I went to high school, and then I started practicing there hitting balls. And – um, I had kind of the same swing that I have now, you know, maybe just a little different. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of went up to him because a bunch of people that I knew were going to him and they're all like, you know, they're all like, George, the best coach, all the stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll see. I'll see what he's like. Mm-hmm. And I go up to him and I meet him and I'm like, are you George Genkis? And he goes, and he, you know, he's like, yeah, fool, that's me. Like, yeah, fool. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just being yeah, George. Son. Yeah. And then uh, and I just like talked to him for a little bit. He was in the middle of getting a lesson or giving a lesson. And uh, I just start hitting next to him, like, on the mat. And he, like, turns and looks at me. He goes, like, are you for real? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, do you actually swing like that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's my swing. And at first he was like, he was like, that's kind of weird. And then, and then like, I started hitting for a little longer, and he actually saw me, like, you know, have a ball pattern and stuff. And he was like, 
dude, that's so sick. He goes, I've never seen anyone swing like that, but he loved it. And he like, he like went through all of it with me and was just like, dude, like you're like you're the, the places or the positions that you mm -hmm. like need to be good in, you're really good in. And I was like, yeah. And I was kind of looking for a coach at the time. And you know, the, one of the first things I laid out with him was, you know, I don't want anyone changing my swing. I just kind of want to do my thing. And you know, you can improve it. Like there's things that you can improve in the swing without like changing like the feel that I have. And, you know, ever since then, it's kind of been set in stone. He's, he's been great and kind of, I was going to say I'm pretty childish, but he keeps me like looking like, <laughs> he keeps me looking like a 50 year old. Like. I want to talk about some of the, the language y'all use. I mean, is this a secret language? Cause some of these words, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce them. Like some of the stuff y'all said, I'd love for you if you could say a few of them and explain to me what in the hell they mean. Uh, they're, I mean, they're not, they, they mean anything that you want them to mean. Perfect. Really. Like, you know, you just like Scooby's one of them. Mm -hmm. Like you could be like, Hey, I'm going to get like some Scooby snacks or like, what up Scooby? Like describing someone like, and then there's like, you know, slong dow, scooshy, like any. Yeah. What's yeah. the squam dow? I had a few of these written down. I wanted some like definitions. Give me a squam dow. If you can use that in a sentence, maybe like you just like, I mean, he, it's almost like, it's almost like a joke to him. It's like, he'll, he'll, he'll look at someone's swing and like, you know, if he's screwing around or something like that, he'll be like, oh yeah, you just got to get squamped down here. And then like, you know, through impact, you just get scooshy. And then like, for, you know, from there you just get centrifugal and then you get pterodactyl sauce mm -hmm. and you're just like sitting there like, yeah, that makes I'm sense. I'm paying you for this. <laughs> yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're like <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. So the first lesson I had, like he just used a bunch of those words and you know, the, my parents were all like, oh, how was your first lesson? And I'm like. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I need, I need Rosetta Stone Gankus. <laughs> perfect. Seriously. Yeah, I have no idea what I just learned. Yeah. How long does it take you to get used to all the vernacular and stuff? You're like, oh yeah, I just I just gotta get squammed out right here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I'm still hearing new things every <laughs> single day. There's he's the best at you know, just using like acronyms and stuff like EMBH and you know. What's that? B uh. Or is that a uh EMBH is. Whatever you want it if to If you be. know, you yeah, know. Okay. Yeah, if you know, if you know, know yeah. the real just, ones know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those okay. things that most people do know, but he George says it a couple times. Can you tell me more about, like, Westlake Golf Course? Golf course. They get so much pub, so many great players and teachers have kind of gotten their start there. What is it so special about this place? I think it's just, like, it just keeps everyone humble. And to be honest, I mean, you have to pay for your own golf or your golf balls. Like, um, you head off mats. The range is, like, it's all right. It's a good, It's a good range, but, like, and it's just, I don't know, like, it's just a place where, like, you don't go and you're not looking for those guys that, you know, I've, like, been giving it. They don't, they don't, war I don't warm up with Titleist Pro V1s. Like, and it just kind of teaches you, like, you know, to be thankful for, like, what you have. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really good area. I don't know if I could say much about, like, the people that are, or the people and the coaches and the players that come out of there. I just think that there's been a lot of talent that has, you know, come out of there. But, um, yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is like I used to go there every single day after school and hit like four or five buckets of balls because like, you know, that's all I do. I just get, get done with school. I go to the course and then I just I literally hit four or five buckets. And it was, you know, it's you're hitting like I said, you're hitting off mats. You're not you're not, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have a top or, you know, state of the art chipping green or like you're using, you know, the range balls with the two stripes on it. Well, like that's because you kept sides. hitting them into the highway. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. They <laughs> got the good ones. Yeah, the highway. yeah, now they have like limited flight golf balls. Like my driver goes like literally straight up and straight down. See, I feel like you should have to play with one of those when me and you play. So that for it's a little more competitive. You know, yeah. You'll be back there where I am. Next I mean, time we play, we get to pick your ball. Yes. One of those floaters from the range. Like the, the balada yeah. or something mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, one that floats in the water. <laughs> Maximum distance. We'll still lose. Did you have the distance the whole time? Is that something you just showed up with when you showed up on Genka's doorstep, or has he kind of like progressed you to hitting it as far as you hit it now? Um, I think. I mean, 
I think I've always had speed. Um, I mean, he he the the things that he works on definitely increase your speed, but it's not like you know he's the, like I'd give him credit for like all the power that I have. I mean, I definitely I use my legs really well. Got some freaking tree yeah, you chunks. have some like slices, but yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, similar. We're the same. We're the yeah, same size. It's kind of weird that you're looking at my legs. But, okay, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I've definitely had I've had speed before I went to him, but he just he definitely like controlled it and helped me you know, control my ball flight and create more speed, speed by rotation and like using the ground and using my legs. And, um, you know, it's, I, I definitely say there are a lot of things that he teaches that I naturally did, but there's also a lot of things that he has coached me to do and to like, you know, become the player that I am. So it's, it's definitely a, it's working. I'd say yeah. I'd say our you know teamwork is pretty good. There. It's working. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. He just seems so much fun to work with. But I I talked to him earlier this morning about some stuff obviously involving you, and he told me you use a lot of like negative stuff on social media kind of as motivation. So how much do you look at social media, and are you are you aware of what people say of good and bad? Uh, I'm I honestly I'm more. I think the the bad means more to me. Mm-hmm. Like when I see someone being like, oh, this guy's swing is yada yada yada, even though I know they don't know anything mm-hmm. like it's still, you know, you never want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be like someone up coming to your po- coming up to you and be like, dude, your podcast. Sucks. But it's so funny. Like, even for me, like <laughs> I'll look at Twitter and like, there'll be nine positive comments. Yeah. And then that one negative one, you, that's the guy you want to go. Exactly. At. Like, you don't really say thank you to all the other ones, no. but you go with that guy. Exactly. Yeah. The ones that are like, Oh, this kid's going to be something great. He's going to win majors. Like I look at that and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, that's awesome. I agree. <laughs> but then you see a guy that's like, Oh yeah, like nice finish last week. It's like yeah. I could I could have two second place finishes in a row and then finish like 70th, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, like you ruined yeah. my fantasy team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that stuff. DraftKings. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and then um, you want to go back at them like, what do you know? Yeah, yeah but then that's but then get it just starts in chaos. a no win situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's not a, it's not a good path to go down, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely I use some of that that motivation because there's a lot of you know a lot of people out there I have. A pretty different swing and i go i go about things different ways you know i get you know i was on the phone with my buddy five minutes before the tea time the final round of the u.s open and you know i had a lot of people criticize me for that and i'm just like y'all take it way too damn seriously not playing yet yeah like it's i don't know like we were talking about football we were talking about fantasy and we were just you know i feel like honestly it even helped me because it just took my mind off of the the moment and you know i feel like there's a for me you know there's a a difference between like being like locked in and being like this means way too much yeah because there's guys like tiger who like you couldn't even talk to tiger probably before i don't i, mean, I don't know Tiger, mm-hmm. but like it seems like you know before the final round of a major it's like if you go up to tiger like you you don't you don't go up to tiger like he's so in the zone it's ridiculous and for me like i'm just i'm i'm not like that i'm more you know i like to just soak everything in take the experience and just you know take it for what it is i think i'm pretty blessed to be on the pga tour at such a young age and um, you know, everyone's, you know, like, oh, you're going to go get that win tomorrow. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I feel like I could, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to be out here for a long time. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to come my way eventually. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like a lot of people, um, compare you to Ricky Fowler. Cause I mean, obviously California kids go to Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky's goes at it a little different. What, what's your relationship like with Ricky? Ricky's awesome. He's been, he's been probably one of the best mentors mm-hmm. that I could ask for. Um, he keeps everything super light. He gives me advice. Um, you know, I, I moved down to Florida as soon as I was done with school and he kind of took me under his wing. Um, obviously it's still a little different, you know, he's married and you know, he's kind of, they're doing their own thing and I'm 10 years younger. So it's, you know, 
it's kind of hard to be able to like be like, hey, you want to come over and drink some beers and watch the football game? Especially, <laughs> especially when I had to ask him to pick up the beers because I was, I couldn't drink. <laughs> you know, we, he, we were he, just in the car with yeah. him talking about this exact same thing. Like, dude, the guy's 21. You forget how young he is. Like, he's out here. Everybody else got kids, married, doing yeah. their own thing. And he's like, if he wants to come over and drink beer and watch football, like, yeah. tell me like, when. Call yeah. me. I'm ready. Tell me. I'd love yeah. to do that. It's like, oh, I do that sweet. all day, every day. All right. Well, maybe so I So that's need on to, the table. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe I should start uh, hitting him up, but. No, he, he like I said, he's been great. We've uh, we actually haven't flown private together yet, even though when I first turned pro, I was you know, as a new guy out here, I was like, you know, Ricky, it'd be really nice if you uh, you know <laughs> let me hop on and stuff. He goes, oh, you know, I mean, maybe I'll give you a free ride, and then I won, and then he was like, yeah, I'm not. You're, you're you get your own. Yeah, you're paying. See, see, before that though, this is what you got to do as a veteran. I'll tell you, you got to get a lot of dirt on these guys that have private planes. Yeah. So therefore, they have to give you a ride. You're like, hey, you want to give me a ride? You want me to tell some stuff? I got Twitter, bro. Mm-hmm. This can be out there quick. <laughs> yep. This can be out like, there quick. I rode with Gary Woodland all over the place when I was playing. I wasn't paying a dollar. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Gary knows. Did he have anything to do with you going to OSU? Like, was he the guy you looked up to? Like, I want to kind of not follow in his footsteps, but like, I saw what he did and the success he had. I, w- I want to follow that path. That's definitely a uh, factor that why I went there. Um, the coach was really good at Oklahoma State. Obviously, Karsten Creek is, you know, having your own facility is, is pretty special. But, yeah, he, I'd, I'd say he was definitely a, a big part just because, you know, I, I looked up to him. I think him and him and Rory were kind of the two guys that I looked up to. And obviously, Rory didn't go to college. But I always looked up to Tiger. But Tiger was like kind of when I really got into golf when I was like, you know, 13 14 15 and started playing in these bigger events and like really being like all right i could like do something with this game like that's when tiger was like not playing and stuff so when i really got into it that's when like ricky and rory were were out were out you know being the best players in the world and so um i was like i kind of want to be like that guy and like he kind of inspired me and i saw a bunch of you know how many people have been to oklahoma state and how many people have made it successfully through that program and been on the pga tour and i was like you know i don't know if i'm gonna make it but damn sure give myself a good chance yeah well you did make it yeah uh, now you're I one mean, of them yeah you were the you know can't miss kid i mean you're the next big star coming out i mean obviously that's a lot of pressure to play with but you go out and you win in your third pga tour start were you yeah. kind of like oh my god i can't believe this is all happening so fast absolutely yeah that's i mean i i, I told myself you know in the interviews to just kind of you know make myself look like i was like you know <laughs> yeah, i was, was i was yeah this was supposed to happen <laughs> yeah. you know every single interview i was like yeah i mean i didn't i i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna go pro before i felt like i could win and that was a true statement. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. I, I didn't turn pro because of the money because if I didn't because if I felt like I got a bunch of money but I knew my game wasn't ready, then I I was like what's the point of being out here? But as soon as I turned pro, I knew that I could go out there and make it and then when it happened, even though I knew I could uh, I I knew I could do it, like to have it happen that quickly was almost like a Damn. Yeah, because so many guys get out there like early on and feel like the one thing they reference, like, I know I'm good enough, but maybe not playing like that because it's tough to feel like I belong or to get comfortable out there. Did you feel that or like, is that something you felt? I mean, you did it in your third start, so. Absolutely, but I mean, it's still hard to get used to it. I mean, I know, like, I know when I was at the top of my game, and to be honest, at 3M, like, I played really well, but I definitely, you know, I I felt like I, you always feel like you leave a couple shots out there or anything, but, um, to be honest, like even after 3M, like I didn't really play that well, like right after 3M. And, you know, like you said, the getting comfortable out there, like, you know, just feeling like you belong out here, even though I won and I knew I belonged, it was still like most people think as soon as you win, you're like, oh, like you're good. Like you, you're a veteran out here now, but it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like, it's, like even if you win or even if you have these, you know, there's people, there's been people out there for, I don't know, 15, 20 years that have never won a PGA. They've, they've kept their card. 
but it's just like it it takes a while to get used to everything to get used to the travel and the scheduling and like the pro-ams and i mean all that stuff and like i said obviously i'm fortunate that it's you know happening but it's you know I've, i feel like up until recently i still haven't felt like extremely comfortable because i mean the biggest thing is i haven't even seen all those courses yeah, like, yeah you haven't even played every tournament yet yeah yeah like i haven't played i haven't seen quail hollow um i mean there's that's the main one I can think of right now. I'm sure there's a lot more. That's that a good one. Go seen. play that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some nice viewing there. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very nice viewing. The social aspect is nice. Oh, there. is it? Uh, that's what I'm told. Never been. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Looks you, like you, it on you TV. Enjoy it. I gotta ask you this, um, because I feel like for me, like I know personally, like I hated practice rounds, um, unless I had a money game. Yeah. Tuesdays. Are Are you and like the other young kids? Are you a big money game guy, or are you just kind of Tuesdays your day to see the course? You work and you do all your work. Dude, honestly, I love money games. <laughs> I love money yeah. games. I just. I feel like no one else really does. Like, I know, well, okay, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to text Phil and be like, hey, want to go play a money game? He's going to be like, yeah, let's go for five grand. I'm like, okay, well, let's let's go for- Relax. Yeah, man. I'd go for 500. <laughs> but then they have five grand. Not yet, you know? You will. Oh, yeah, I mean, eventually, I'm sure I will, but that's the thing is just like, you know, there's I don't feel like there's a lot of guys that I could go out and be like, hey, let's, let's go have a game out here. And um, I, I feel like that would honestly- Cause I always like playing for some, I feel, I notice when I go out and play for nothing, like I just, mm-hmm. I play so bad. Is that how you are on off weeks too? Like you come home, you got a week off. You're like, are you, you're not a sit on the range, hit a bunch of balls guy. You're go out and gamble with your buddies guy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Unless I'm like really, tr- like if I'm trying to work on something in my swing, um, then I'll, then I'll hit more balls. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a guy that, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's been plenty of off weeks that I've been like, you know, sitting there and like, I'll, I'll, I'll play great. I'll top 10 the week before top 15, top 20, whatever. I'll play well. Mm-hmm. And I'll go home. I'll have a week off. I'll be like, oh sweet. I'll take Monday off. You know, hit some balls on Tuesday. Maybe go play nine. And I'll shoot like four over on the nine that I play. And I'm like, <laughs> did my game just totally go to shit in, in yeah. two days? Yeah. Like, and then I'll go out the next day and I'll like, okay, I was hitting. I was missing it left. So like, let's work on you know not missing it left. And then I'll be like, all right, I'm hitting it better. And then I'll go play 18 and I'll shoot like one over. And I'll be like, gosh, my game really. <laughs> I don't know where it went. Like, <laughs> I don't know where it went. I'll be like, and, and then I'll have a big tournament coming up and I'll be like, and then, you know, the last three, four days of my week off, I'll be stressing about, you know, I need to, you know, get this right, get this right, get this right. And then in golf, you know, even though everyone says it's a marathon, not a sprint, I mean, things can change good and bad. I mean, at the snap, you could, I mean, you see how many times it happens. People shoot yep. 78 one round, and then they come back and shoot 63, and you're like, oh, sweet, they made the cut. Why did this I is do nice that the to first hear. day? I mean, that was stupid. <laughs> exactly. But you mentioned Phil earlier. He's obviously a legendary trash talker. How yeah. would you rate your trash talking skills? Honestly, I think I'm I think I'm pretty good. I, I'd, give my, I'd give myself a 7.3. Hey, 7. you, you got to believe in That's yourself. That's an exact number. And you're in a zip code here where you got a lot of guys you're going to have the – a lot of big names yeah. that you have the opportunity with. Well, I felt like my comment – did you hear my comment uh, with DJ about the uh, – the Seminole, like the TaylorMade uh, for COVID, the COVID relief. I was in the right on Seminole. I was in the right sand on three. And like everything there is a um, oh, waste yeah. bunker. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I hit it in the right in the right stuff. And I ended up making like double on the hole. So I really shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but I, 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 I like, I, I, I was in the right, uh, yes, yeah, bunker and, or the right waste bunker. DJ was in the fairway. And I like call over and like, I have a really bad lie. I was like, Hey Dustin, can I ground my club oh, in this? Yeah. Yep. Well and then played. and then and then I go, 
Oh wait, wrong guy. I probably shouldn't ask you. Yeah. <laughs> well played. And I like, like that. It just little things like that. And I, you know, I know Dustin, so I know mm. I can say that. But it's hard sometimes. Like I feel like I'm a pretty good trash talker for not of having that much like going on before. Like you know, it's easy for Rory or Ricky or Phil or anyone to be a good mm. trash talker because they're like, oh yeah, I've made 500 million on the course, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm I have my own jet. It's like. But it's like, for yeah. me, it's like, I didn't really have, like, I could I'd be like, yeah, I won the 3M. And then Rory could be like, yeah, I won the US Open. And the, and it's just like, for me, it's get hard. Get creative, guys. Come but, on, get creative. But that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty creative with my trash talking. That's you know? good. Yes. I love that. I'll, I'll blow it by Rory by 20 yards and he'll be like, oh, well, you haven't won a FedEx Cup. And I'm like, oh, congratulations, buddy. Like, we're not, yeah, we're not talking about the FedEx Cup right we're talking about right now. See, that's why you don't even like talk to Tiger because he can just trump everyone. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing yeah. you like, can say to Tiger. Yeah, you got to get creative. But yeah. let's talk a little bit about the US Open this year. You took a two shot lead into the final round at Wingfoot. At any point during that day, did you ever get ahead of yourself a little bit and think, you know, I'm going to win the US Open? Um, I honestly felt like I got more ahead of myself before it started than when I was playing. Because when I was playing, Bryson started off pretty strong and. You know, he was only two back of me. Yeah. It wasn't like I had a five-shot lead. That so. could change in one hole. Yeah. yeah. And so I felt like it was definitely a lot different. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, before the round, I was almost like, oh, like, shit. Like, yeah. I could win the U.S. Open right here. Like, I could become a major champion. And then, you know, I kind of settled down a little bit. And then once the round got started, which is usually what, usually what happens. Usually I'd start off and I'm a little nervous on the first couple holes. And then, you know, as it goes, I'm like, all right, I'm more comfortable now. I'm more comfortable. And, you know. That's one thing I learned at the U.S. Open was that it's such a long week. Like mm -hmm. every day I got done with golf and I was like, I'm going straight to bed. Like I had no, I had no juice left in mm -hmm. me. And I think that was like the biggest thing about that week was that that final day, even though I know I lost by five or six or something like that. Um, I knew that like until like two or three holes left, I was like, I could be in this. Yeah. Like. Because he, like I said, he played really well at the end, and he made a lot of putts, and and Bryson, obviously, he won. But I knew that, like, with, you know, I think I stepped up on 14 or 13 or 15 or one of those holes, and I was, like, four back or three back. And I was like, that seems like a lot. But in the U.S. Open, it's like he hits it in the rough and then, you know, chops it out on the fairway, yeah. and I make a birdie. That's a two, three-shot swing right of there. Course. And so, especially with the closing holes at Wingfoot, yeah. those, those, cold, those closing holes are pretty what, pretty challenging. What's your biggest takeaway after the last two majors, top five and the last two? What's your biggest takeaway after being in those experiences, being in contention? What do you take away now going into other majors when you get back in that same position? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just the experience being, like, close to the lead and finishing out and stuff. Um, I noticed that even, even though I didn't win at Triners, um, that, like, right after the U.S. Open – that week at Shriners was like, I, I don't know. It's just like, I like stepped up on that final, that final tee, the final day, like having played coming off a of 61 and I'm just like, you know, I'm two shots off the lead, but like, why do I not even feel anything? And I didn't, I, it's not that I didn't oh. feel anything. Like I definitely, yeah. but it was more of a, it was more of like a, I'm nervous because I'm like anxious and want to see how I play rather than like, I'm thinking about winning the tournament. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like there weren't thoughts of going on my head like, oh, if I, you know, screw up on this hole, like, you know, then I'll be out for the tournament. It was more just like, it was more just pressure that you always put on yourself to play well. And it's not because like, oh, I haven't been here. I don't know what it yeah. feels more like. You're excited more than like nervous, I yeah. guess, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think the nerves, can you compare the nerves of with fans versus without fans? Like, do you think at the US Open, you might have been even more nervous if there was a ton of people around the first tee? Um... 
Or does that stuff not affect you? Honestly, I really don't think it affects yeah, me. I mean, it's... Would you prefer it? Because you wanted the 3M with fans, and now you're in, you know, you're yeah. in the last group of the U.S. And Open without And so them. many people ask me about that, too. So many people are like, oh, well, it seems like you've played good since the COVID restart, and, like, you know, there's no fans. Do you think that helps you? That's and I'm Twitter like, people. Don't listen to those Yeah, people. I know. And I'm just like, well, I won with fans. So, um, I just, I, like I said, I, I don't really, I don't think the fans have anything to do with how I play. I think, honestly, I could, I mean, you, you feed off of them. Yeah. Like you feed off of them. Like you hear you hear a, a wolf howl or you make a birdie and everyone goes crazy. It's like you feel, you know, you're like, oh, my adrenaline's up. Like I feel like I can, you know, keep on going and like I got the momentum and all that stuff. Whereas like when there's no fans, it's kind of hard to get that momentum. But what about the nerves from like winning at the three M versus an uh, versus your a major, the U.S. Open, where you're trying to win? Can you explain the difference in the nerves you felt at, at the three M versus uh, Wingfoot? Is it different? Uh, it was different, but the reason why it was different is because, like, the 3M, I know it's not, like, the biggest tournament on the PGA Tour schedule, but that was, like, the jump start of my career, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, that's a lot different. Like, I understand, like, being a major champion is, like, obviously, like, only people can only dream of that, and there's very few people who can be classified as a major champion, but, like, in my opinion, like, I was more nervous on that on that coming down the stretch at 3M rather than I was at the U.S. Open. Because I'm like, you know, I've proven that I can win. At the U.S. Open, I'm in the final group, and I finished second in the U.S. Open. Like, I'm sorry what anyone says. Like, if anyone tells me that it's a fluke, like, it's the U.S. Open. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Like, like, look at the past champions yeah. at the U.S. Open. You still get all the stuff, but yeah. it's still, I mean, yeah. Exactly. You're always going to be a U.S. Open champion. Exactly. Yeah. And so when people say, like, oh, like, you know, he, you know, missed too many fairways or all this stuff, it's like, well, I mean – there's there's just too much stuff to go to go into that mm -hmm. for someone out there randomly to just be like oh yeah like that was a fluke yeah well ignore those people yeah, yeah, oh, ignore yeah. All those people. you're doing big things and yeah. it's going to continue and we could talk to you all day but we got to get to our emergency nine unless Slees, you got anything else I was going to fire one I want to ask this because I feel like this is interesting you Colin Morikawa Victor Alvin always in the media are getting compared against one another you guys ever just sit around and like at this at lunch and be like god damn they're doing it again they're comparing us everything <laughs> we do I got to hear what you did and what you did like you guys are you guys aware of that going on. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're all aware of it. I think that we're all kind of happy for each other. I mean, even though we all want to beat each other really bad, um, it's, I think we're all, we're all, we're all like friendly competitors. Like we all, obviously, you know, I want to beat Victor every single day in the week and I want to be calling every single day of the week. But I think we're all, we all kind of feed off of each other. I think it only like fires us up. You know, when, when I see, you know, Victor go out and have like, you know, I think right after the restart, he had a pretty good run. He had, you know, a bunch of top tens in a row, and people were talking about, like, oh, he's playing really well, he's super consistent. And then Colin obviously going off and winning Workday and then the PGA. And then, like, you know, even though, like, it's frustrating seeing that because I'm like, gosh, like, I I mean, I beat up on them. They, be, they beat up on me. I should be doing the things that they're doing. Like, it all comes first full circle because then I, you know, second place, you know, U.S. Open and then Shriners and give myself two chances to win. And then, you know, Victor doesn't start playing – or Victor stops playing so well. So, it's just like – I think, if anything, it's not so much of, like, a, I hate being compared to him. It's more like it fires me up because I'm like, all right, like, look, like, they're doing this. Like, let me let me go top that now. All yeah. right. Let's get into this emergency nine. Let's fire. great stuff. We can talk all day. All right. Number one, we asked this to everybody. Movie about the life of Matthew Wolf. You can pick any actor to play. Who's it going to be? Ryan Reynolds. I just – Wow. I, just, oh, I mean, quick, maybe bam. think about it for a second. Well, I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten that question quite a few times and, like, I mean – like, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, no, it's I mean, great. He's, he's an unbelievable, he's an unbelievably attractive. I can guy. See. Who would you have? 
Uh, you just say he's an unbelievably attractive unbelievably guy. Attractive guy. <laughs> listen, I got to be honest. He's, he's the only guy I know as good looking as I am. <laughs> no, I mean, he's. I think Ryan Reynolds is great now yeah. that I think about it. I didn't really have one. I kind of was thinking Mark Wahlberg a little bit. Well, I just, I just think Ryan would be great because he'd be – he's serious enough, serious enough to where, like, the, the serious scenes are, like, the, you know, small dips in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, he could be serious. But he has, the, he has, like – I mean, he has a great sense of humor. I wouldn't say I'm as funny as Ryan Reynolds. But, like, he kind of has that – you know, Five yeah. minutes. two minutes. All right, we'll keep it moving. All right, next question. <laughs> I had you for Jake Gyllenhaal, by the way. I we're gonna, we're gonna have like an Gyllenhaal, emergency three. I feel like that. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. I'll give you one. Would you rather go on a six-hour road trip with Victor Hovland, listening to his Javi <laughs> metal, or get kicked in the face by a mule? <laughs> yeah, kicked in the face. Yeah. I don't even know why I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's a longer delay than I thought. His music is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever. Oh yeah. For those who don't know, I mean, it's just the most darkest, heaviest metal. I mean, it's just. Well, I think ugh. I think it'd actually be fine because if I sit in the car long enough and turn the volume up, my eardrums will burst and I won't be able to hear anything anyway. So. Yeah, it's like the music they put like, like prisoners of war and oh, torture yeah. them with until they break and be yeah. like, all right, I'll tell you everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll sneak two more in here real quick. You're on Team Taylor Made, yes. the likes of Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day. At those commercial shoots, who's the one that holds court at those at those events? Tiger. Really? Yeah. Tiger. I mean, right. I mean, I, I think I think Rory's pretty like up there too. Yeah. But that I mean, surprised me actually. Wow, who are you thinking? I just didn't think Tiger would be that social about it. And he's stuff. like the granddad. Lets he's, the he's kids pretty play. good. I kind of thought you would honestly. He's pretty good actually. Well, I mean, they they have all the thing. They all have all the you know stuff yeah. set up anyways. But I mean, you know, the, if if Tiger talks, you, everyone yeah, listens. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, last all one, right. please. All right, last one. Out of all the people you've seen imitate your swing, who does it the best? I'd, I'd say George, my coach. Oh, yeah, he yeah, can do it? Yeah, I mean, he's really good at it. And, like, it's just there's a lot of people. I think Ricky does it actually pretty well. Ricky yeah, does I it Yeah, I saw his well. on, uh, on on social media somewhere. Yeah, when he was good. behind you that day, <laughs> they got that on oh, film. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> that was a Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. But the hard part is, is that, like, most people, when they try to replicate the swing, they kind of just, like, take it, like, straight this way mm-hmm. instead of taking it back this way with the the, the shaft like that. Yeah. Most of them take it with the shaft like that. They just go like, yeah. It's like gotcha. I don't know. It's just like a loop. It's weird. It's an art, dude. And it you is. got people hip thrusting all over America right now, trying to be like you. So good. On I don't you want for to that. think of that, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thank you thank so much you. for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Cole. Appreciate it's it, Matt. It's been thank fun. You. And that was Matthew Wolf coming to you from Old Palm Golf Club down in beautiful Florida. Sleaze. I had an absolute blast with this kid playing golf with him, getting to know like another side of him that I have only. I normally only see him on TV. He was so much fun. He's got a huge personality. Oh, yeah. I think playing golf with him earlier that day kind of loosened him up. Like, hey, we ain't here to, you know, solve the world's problems. We just want to sit down and have a fun golf talk with you. And uh, I think that really showed during the interview. I think we could have gone for two hours with Matthew Wolf, and he would have been all in for it. Unfortunately, he had some other uh, obligations that day. So the E9 turned into E3 or 4, whatever it turned into. The man's got a lot going on. But uh, cool to sit down and talk with him um, and just kind of get his perspective on everything. Ricky Fowler, you know, kind of looking up to him. And the comparisons with those guys we mentioned that he came out with. Yeah, it was cool to hear him say, like, that Ricky and Rory were his idols because you forget he's he's 21 years old. And – you know, for all of us, it's Tiger and only Tiger. But him coming out, I mean, it's it was all Ricky Fowler, Roy McIlroy. These were the guys he looked up to, and it's it's cool to see that Ricky kind of took him under his wing, helped him out. We were sitting at Justin Thomas's house Saturday night, and the deal was we were only going to get like 20 minutes with him. Ricky calls Matthew, and he goes, hey, give these guys longer than 20 minutes. And Matthew's like, okay, cool, you got it. Right, no yeah, problem. Yeah, <laughs> sure. done. Okay, what else? Anything else? You <laughs> yeah. want me to go get your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. But I tell you what, man, the kid's got some big-time game. 
Um, I loved playing golf. First of all, he plays fast. He plays hard. Uh, he's a go-getter. And he's one of those guys that it's going to be kind of like all or nothing, I feel like. It's either I'm going to contend. Or if I don't, you know what? This week sucked. Let's go on to the next one. Yeah, he's been kind of like that starting off, and then you start to see it tighten up just a little bit. I said earlier in the show that he's played two majors and two top fives. He's obviously now played three with Augusta National, but a lot of success for a guy that's just starting. And when we were uh, playing golf during the day, I was just, you know, we were just bullshitting, talking around. I was like, hey, man, who do you like to hang out with? Who's the guys you hang out with on tour, you know, when you're traveling and things like that? And he's like, man, there's just not a lot of guys like that are my age that want to do the things I want to do. I want to sit, I want to drink beer and watch football on the weekends. Most guys are married or have mm -hmm. kids and they're traveling with their families. It's like there's not a lot of guys out here in the same place that I am. And you forget after you see what he's done in the world of golf that he's 21, dude. He should be sitting around in you know, most kids are sitting around in their dorm room watching football, playing beer pong or whatever. And he's out here contending in major championships. It's it's. Yeah, or it's easy you, to forget how young he is sometimes. If you are pro, you're out struggling on the jickies or on another tour exactly. somewhere. You're not 21 com competing for majors and flying around private. No, changing clubs for five grand, doing the normal stuff Yeah, Matthew do. Wolf will not be changing clubs for five it grand. It might take a slightly more than 5K to get Matthew Wolf out of TaylorMade right now. Just word, word to all you reps out there that are listening. Awesome. Well, it was a lot of fun. Can't thank him enough for sitting down, to, down with us. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week. Our guy, Derek Anderson, live and in studio. This guy, one of the best. You've probably seen him on Twitter. He's not afraid to get amongst it at all. we got some great stories from playing with him and just being around him all the time. And he's got some incredible football stories and golf as well. So it's going to be a blast. Loves golf. Blast. Nobody loves golf more than DA. Unquestionable. And we'll get into that next I week. I cannot wait. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.